young black. Young black. A young black. Black. Black equestrian. 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 Black equestrian. Equestrian. Black equestrian. I'm a young black equestrian. I am a young black equestrian. <laughs>Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Young Black Equestrians with your hosts, Abriana Johnson and Caitlin Gooch. Today we have a guest back on the show who has been on here before and has shared her equestrian journey with us. But today's conversation is going to be just a little bit different because there is one more thing that we have in common between the three of us and that is being published authors or soon to be published authors working on books the whole nine so welcoming renee james back to the show welcome renee thank you guys for having me again <laughs> and her daughter mimi who's gotten hey. bigger since the last time <laughs> yeah, so much bigger oh my goodness i know oh she was here last time it's been like a year. She was being swaddled last time. Yeah, yeah, she was so small. That is so funny. I completely forgot. <laughs> but today, I just wanted to um to get you back on the podcast because you have a new book coming out, and I'm so excited for it. And I want to hear more about it, more, you know, about the <laughs> you writing that, illustrating that, and kind of what you wanted to accomplish. And we can just have a conversation about our place as Black women, not only in the horse industry, but in the author space, um, producing work, putting <laughs> work these kids <laughs> so tell us about your book Renee okay so my book the first one that's coming out is called helmet hair it's going to be one of these series so initially I intended for it to be one big book and then after this the book is based on the experiences of black equestrians in the industry I've spoken to a lot of people I have posted in pretty much every Facebook group we have I did several Zoom calls, several phone calls, just hearing people's stories to try and sort of tell our stories to the entire equestrian community and also give like a guideline to the next generation. But then I realized there's so many things that need to be touched upon that it doesn't make sense to do it into one book. So it's multiple series. So this um, first book is called Helmet Hair. Just a bit about it. It's about a little girl. She gets her hair done in braids for the first time. She goes to the barn. She's super excited. She goes to have her riding lesson and then her helmet doesn't fit, mm -hmm. which is a huge problem that most equestrians face when we change our hair, our helmets no longer fit. And it's about her struggle to find a new helmet that she really likes that fits her hair. And then also learning how to style her hair, um, just some of the microaggressions she faces at the barn, just people making comments about her hair, mm -hmm. uh, like having like coarse hair on her head and things like that. The sort of things that we would face on a daily basis and just how to deal with those. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to share like a message of these are the things that you will come across because at the end of the day, we can try and change the industry, but it's not going to change for a few more generations at least. It's going to take some time. So it's just teaching our kids how to handle things and how to 
you know, just be able to cope in this industry. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that you have incorporated stories of um, other people because just because you are a Black equestrian doesn't mean you have the same experience as someone else. Like, um, who was it we always talk about? Andrea? Was it Andrea who said that she would just pour water on her hair? Yes. And, and then like slick it back and then put the helmet on and I'm like <laughs> I would never <laughs> I pull water on my hair it becomes like I look like a boom mic that's the only way I can actually describe it <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's just simply like the variety of textures you know all we're all unique in in that sense and so our experiences when it comes to hair not even putting a helmet on they're just so different mm -hmm. yeah definitely and what i was trying to focus on was the fact that when we have our hair in different styles and different ways it will affect our helmets it will affect how we ride it will affect how people judge us because obviously some judges don't see braids as professional and some judges don't see natural hair as professional so it's just about you know just showing that you can look smart professional and still be a good rider no matter what your hair looks like right right Mimi yeah <laughs> and, this, and I've seen a lot of conversations about this like what is professional and professional seems to be synonymous with what a white person does you know mm -hmm. they, they are the standard and anything outside of that is not professional and that is just bizarre right like straight in my hair <laughs> right but but like even though your hair is locked it could be in a ponytail and it's like someone would have the just assumption like oh those are braids like oh like yeah. how is that not it's like how how is it not professional like it doesn't have a bunch of options like this is it right or if you have braids they're automatically dreadlocks like no one yeah. A lot of people don't know the difference. <laughs> Which is odd because you can tell. <laughs> like you can you can and really we can tell, tell, but to the untrained eye. If they can tell if a horse has braids, they can tell what braids are. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. If you can tell the difference between hunter braids and fairy knots. I have seen it's a also lot ironic of that horse braids are professional, horses. but human braids aren't professional. Right. That part. <laughs> what is this? Yeah. Curry black. <laughs> I mean, daggone, don't put a braid on a black horse because that ain't. Mm -hmm. um, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, it's just so many. I feel like it's it's like two sides of the coin like you know you have like stereotypes or like microaggressions that we're you know always having to deal with or challenge and then on the other side you have like the standard and they're two sides to the same coin and it's like you know we're dealing with the microaggressions but we're also challenging these standards and trying to show people like this isn't the way this ain't the only way 
I saw on Twitter, uh, there was some statistic that said that um, there was only like 8% of published authors in like 2020 or 2019 were black. And I'm just like, of all the people on this earth that choose to be authors, only 8% were black. And that blows my mind. How do y'all feel? Yeah. people tell stories so dramatically, like we should be authors. Right, our, our entire- well, we are. The thing is we are, but we're getting snubbed by these publishers who are choosing white authors and white illustrators. And something that I've found just through, you know, getting books is that they are putting black and multicultural kids on the cover, but not putting them in the story. So people end up buying those books thinking that those characters are included, but they aren't. So people, I know it's not everybody's experience, but some are just like, what's the point? <laughs> True. It's, it happens more often than you think. Like Netflix does that, where they'll put like a black protagonist on the cover to make you watch the movie. But in reality, like say if it was a horror movie, that black person is the first one to die. Mm -hmm. But we are out there. Like clearly they there. see. Clearly they see the value mm -hmm. in placing this person of color on the cover. Like they can't say that it's not valuable, yet they don't get that longevity. And then there's a degree of blackness as well. Like for example, Mimi's a model and she got shortlisted for a casting and I saw the ad the other day because she's gonna get picked and they actually chose a darker baby. So it's like the level of what people want to be as well is like, you can't pick and choose blackness to be fair. It's like, oh, this person's the wrong shade of black. Like this is a whole, another issue as well like you'll see black people on the cover but it'll be like a light-skinned girl well now it'll be a really dark-skinned girl like there's no a dark-skinned girl has an afro <laughs> right right have no other kind of hair she gotta be blackity black <laughs> yeah yeah there's no in between us like they don't show the diversity of black people because we're so diverse in everything like in our skin tones in our hair you know, eye colors, like there's so much more to us than just, oh, look, their body shape. <laughs> body, exactly. Oh, that, that's a whole, that's actually a whole nother book that's in the series, like how no riding clothes fit us properly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because that's a whole nother issue. not fitting in them breeches. <laughs> yeah, no. no. I bought the sewing pans and I'm buying a sewing machine. That's, that's, this is the point things have reached. <laughs> That, that's just so wild that, that is so wild to me and I feel <laughs> it's just so frustrating sometimes when the acknowledgement like there is a mutual understanding that literally black people create the trends they create they create the avenue like this whole TikTok situation and like reels and all of these sounds and stuff i don't know about y'all but i like i cringe when i see like a super not not black person like 
they're not even doing it right. <laughs> they're not doing it right, but like doing something over like doggone pop smoke. And it's like, <laughs> please stop. Girl. Only you knew what this looked like. It's like, stop. It's like if the music matches what you're doing, I understand. But the rest of the time, it's like, <laughs> no, please just stop. <laughs> and my sister will probably yell at me for that move, but please just stop. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough and it's frustrating to see like just the like I like I like what you can produce, but I don't like you. Mm-hmm. I like I like that you being on the cover of this produces a result of people buying it, but I don't like you enough to include you all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so important about encouraging to to write their own stories and share their own experiences because we can't rely on someone else to do that for us exactly and even if they do share our stories they're gonna be so watered down like like i know eventually when i make it to the olympics someone's gonna try and make a movie out of it and frankly if anyone but sky jackson is playing me it's not done right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not done. Like, I know everything will be so watered down. It's ridiculous. Like, or it'll be so over-traumatized. Like, the ghetto, everything's gray. There's gunshots <laughs> going off. There's graffiti every, like, <laughs> play it real. Like, it's either, there's no proper representation of any stories without, like, the over-dramatization. Like, it's dramatic enough. Just yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and all of our all of our stories i mean we may overcome challenges but i just feel like a lot of it is just like let's show the trauma like beat you down with the trauma and then your win is like five minutes long like whoop she won bam movie's over like concrete cowboy please don't ruin it <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you have not watched it yet? I haven't watched it yet. I've been waiting. I've been so busy. I've been waiting for a time where I have some downtime, some popcorn, okay. you know. Let me just move to my point then. <laughs> um, yeah, we do have to go through this entire traumatic experience and the story, yeah. even books. And then it's like this big win. That's why I don't like when people donate books on historical figures. Like there's 50 million the books of those, you know, talking about us and our struggles. Yeah. Well, we just can't find one, you know, just I don't know, Billy just enjoying life. Right. 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 It'd be great if we had a movie with a black woman and she's just successful. Like struggled to get successful. She's just successful. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. What is that movie with um Issa Rae and Lakeith Stanfield, it's like picture, photo, something. But is like, that the one where they tried to replace it with Lauren London because they don't think? I'm not sure. I did see that article, but I'm not sure if that's the exact movie. But it was just, it was just a romance movie. It was just a love movie. Like that's it. Like it wasn't like she lost her husband. Nothing. Like it was, just, and it's like, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, um, we do have, we're not all struggle. Like, we we have moved on past that, I would hope, right? to an extent. Right. right. 
and when we're talking about books you know that have to do with horses specifically like not all of them have to be framed and you know they they erased us from the west <laughs> right they called us cowboy because they didn't believe we were men like i'm sorry i was about to <laughs> yo we tired of we that tired. narrative switch it up <laughs> exactly so um that's why I mean we got three right here. I don't know how much of I don't know the number that that eight percent <laughs> represents, but we got three women right here. And, like for anyone who wants to write a book, well, I realized because my older cousin wrote a book, and she's part of the reason that I decided to write these books is because she was just like, well, this story needs to be out here. We need something to inspire our next generation. And she was just like, she wrote it, she found it in the street, and she self-published, and that. It literally, besides the illustration cost, if you can't illustrate your own book, it literally costs bare minimum. Instead of going through a publisher, having your heart broken, just self-publish, spend a bit of money on marketing, push it out there. Like, it's it's not even that difficult anymore because there's so many different avenues. Like, yes, Amazon might bump you with the royalties a bit, but it depends what's more important to you. For me, it's more about getting the stories out than, you know, money, to be honest with you. I completely agree. I completely agree. And um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something about, um, oh yeah, like that takes away a barrier. And anytime someone's like, oh, you know, self-publish, like it's not the same. Like I, I get it. I get it. It is not the same. But Fifty Shades of Grey was self-published first before it was picked up and republished. So I'm like, what are the odds? You know, don't publish anything and wait for a publisher or get it out there. And then somebody picks up the series and now you got a whole movie, a whole franchise out of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly. I just learned that Stacey Abram, um, is a romance novelist. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Who freaking knew? Not me, but she's got like three or four books out. It's like, no one, I mean, not that it's a bad thing, but like not a single person mentioned that when she was running for mm-hmm. the governor, I think, of Georgia. Like nobody mentioned that part. <laughs> No, people always focus on the bad. It's not fault. This person is doing incredible. It's the bad and the struggle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the three books, um, Helmet Hair, Color and Black Equestrians, and the Cowgirl Cameron book. What, I guess my next question is, what kind of impact do you want these books to have on not only just kids of color, but the horse industry specifically? So two parts. The horse industry specifically, my goal is to show what we actually have to deal with and to draw attention to brands so they can understand like helmet hair. Brands need to understand we need adjustable helmets that look good. I did a whole round about this on Instagram and I'm doing several Instagram videos of how to style your hair on helmets 
tagging these brands specifically because I want to draw their attention to the fact that these are the problems that we have and we need to find a resolution to that. So what I would like for them to do is to get their attention, get their teams together. If you want to call me, call me, call my people, I call your people, you know, whoever. And we work to build stylish, adjustable helmets because that is one of the problems we need. For white riders who, who want to understand better what we go through and why the industry isn't fair, it explains it in a way that it would also explain it to a child. That is the other thing. It's like, it explains to you and your kids why we struggle so much and have multiple different helmets and you know it's not always the nicest helmet because not everyone has like three four hundred to buy a second helmet for when you just have one so things like that and then for (laughs) for like like black girls who ride it's just that explains them that you can still look cool with your braids you can still look professional you can still look stylish you don't have to take the micro adjustments people give you you don't have to you know how to handle situations that just make you straight up uncomfortable like being saying people say you have horse hair in your head and stuff like that how to handle those sort of situations in a professional in a professional manner stop it y'all y'all better listen to my mama (laughs) (laughs) yeah and just making like sure that everybody knows this is what we go through this is how you deal with it if you're going through it and this is what you can do to not be a complete butthead frankly in, in, in layman's terms you can post on youtube not be a complete butthead <laughs> like how can, these are the microaggressions you're giving people without realizing it and please stop yeah 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 definitely um with the coloring book i'm i'm just tired of kids having to learn about rosa parks and martin luther king every single year for black history month there are other black people, historical <laughs> figures out there. We literally, like, you can drive around and you will see a Dr. Martin Luther King Street. I have nothing against him, but we learn about him and kids learn about him every single year, no matter what grade they are in. It does not stop. Right. Learned about him in elementary, middle, and high school. We know who he is. We know who Rosa Parks is. We know who Malcolm X is, although how people teach Malcolm X is like very, very different sometimes, but there are so many other people. Exactly. And we need to know what they did, what they stood for, what they went through. Like it's okay to know who they were. <laughs> um, and it's relevant. It's, it's relevant to, you, you know, something that you're interested in. Cause that's the other thing, you know, we talked about creating books um, that kids are interested in and kids will read what they are interested in. They're not going to read freaking Lord of the Flies and be interested in it. Like, I know, I don't know if you had to read that, Renee. Yes, we did. Oh, <laughs> did you have to and read Of Mice that? and Men. Of Mice and Men, yes. The stupid, oh my God. Like, I hated all of them. Yes, they were terrible. These stories about these little white boys, you know, 
in the woods fending for themselves then create a think piece off of it like what do a whole exam off of it like what was yes that is like annoying how has this benefited my life at all and it doesn't like i i've never had to reference that in my life never had to think about none nothing the only time any of those have come up in my life is when someone called me crook at a show and that was the only was the only relevant reference in life and it's not even a good one (laughs) is the worst and but right yeah what's interesting Mm -hmm. there's just more like there shouldn't just be because there is just like these three staple people that you learn about for black history month Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's if you learn anything from Black History Month. I mean, in the UK, we just had like one assembly mm. the entire month. And that was, that was suffice. So it was like, we referenced it once. We had three Black kids say something. That was it. But even in the horse industry, like, there's somebody else besides Bill Pickett. There were. <laughs> I mean, he was great. I'm not saying he's not great, but there were others, and they also have stories. They're just as cool. Yeah. yeah. And that were in the same time frame and area as him, mm-hmm. doing the same exact thing, you know? Yeah. They were there. They were there. They were there. Um, I'm the same as you guys like I just want to create stories that do not stem from struggle there are things that Mm -hmm. people can or kids can relate to you know lessons and just things they have to learn but it's not framed in struggle it's not framed in you know just downtrodden like slavery time like it's just not because not every book has to have that angle exactly Um, like we we were more than just like 400 years of slavery you know there was more to it than just oppression slavery misery (laughs) (laughs) like we're happy folks we're a happy folk frankly like have you seen us we're very happy people (laughs) Right. right right we have great cookouts like never see a good film about a cookout let me tell you something when we get to the olympics <laughs> recite the turn up is gonna be you bring in the barbecue sauce right <laughs> like, i'm gonna go ahead and start shipping my stuff like a year in advance put it in a storage room or something exactly but no one no one would focus on that we all struggle yeah yeah. And 30 seconds of cookout at the end of the movie. Right. <laughs> like, uh, and they play hopeful. Like, <laughs> but that would... Same soundtrack for every movie. It's all struggle. <laughs> That's so funny. What is the one thing you would tell someone who um potentially publish a book in the future just do it just rip off the band-aid and do it it will take time i wrote this book months ago 
I rewrote it and I hated everything about it. But that just shows development and growth. Like you're not gonna love it to begin with, but rip off the bandaid, write it, leave it a bit of time, go back to it, improve on it. And when you feel it's ready, you know, if it's gonna be a picture book, find an illustrator. And when you find an illustrator, make sure it's someone who makes you happy. Like make sure it's someone who you, you can see your story in their images. For me, I do my own art, so I'm self illustrating. But when you were to, were to work with an illustrator, like look at their other artwork, look at their style, look at, you know, does this type of art tell my stories? It might take you a while, but there's, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it, it, it takes a bit of time. And if you can't, if you can't afford to, or you don't want to go the publisher route, you can self-publish. Like there's KDP, there's so many different ways that you can self-publish and it doesn't cost you anything. Just get your story out there, you know, spend, it's, it might cost you a bit in terms of marketing and, you know, um, just getting your story out there. But worst you can do is nothing at the end of the day. Like yeah. we have so many stories that need to be told and there's always an audience. There's always an audience. And especially this generation of kids, they need to read more. That's why I thought it'd be better to put these, instead of it being a podcast or a YouTube video, it was better to be a book because this generation needs to read more. We have so many illiterate kids. That's because kids aren't reading enough. So write, write your stories down rather than making a five-part YouTube series or a Netflix series. Write these stories down. Get kids to read them. Read it to your kids. You know, teach them something while teaching them something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um you said something i'm like you said very many good points <laughs> um oh like yeah what is the worst that could happen like people re-release books all the time like mm -hmm. second edition third edition like it's so common it's super common and just because you know your your first iteration doesn't have to be the final iteration of it but if you don't produce anything then how will you even know right um, exactly a lot of people you know are afraid to put themselves out there but instead of thinking like what the what is the worst thing that could happen what is the best thing that could happen? exactly whenever i take a step i'm just like or oh, I need to ask somebody for something or I need to do something. I'm like, the worst anyone can tell me is no. And then I'm I'm at where I'm at. I'm not going back any more steps. I'm 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 still in the same spot I am now. I've got nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is um really all I had to to ask. I'm just super excited. Did you um did you have a date? uh release date i wanted it to be june 1st but because i'm my driving test is actually in two days so because i've been focusing on other things the illustrations i'm like a bit pushed back on that so it's looking more like july 1st now hopefully sooner um i've actually got a reading of it next week one of my old school teachers asked me to read it to a bunch of seventh graders and i can't wait because there's a lot of like young equestrians amongst the group and they, they're super excited so I've got a reading next week. Just working on the illustrations now. Um, so hopefully by July 1st, maybe sooner than that, actually. Depends how 
long it takes me to do things. Yeah. Well, aim for July 1st. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah. it'll be out on Amazon, so it'll just be easier for everyone to get sorry. Mm -hmm. access to it. Yeah. And it's funny, um, on Winter Circle Wednesday last week, I think that was last week. Um, for last week. Kimmy came on and said that her cousin released the book and didn't tell nobody. And I was like, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting on the next Cowgirl Cameron book because Mimi be having me read the same one over and over. Again. Oh, <laughs> same. I'm, I'm waiting soon. Um, no, I mean, I'm with you, girl. Like, I, I didn't think about the sheer number of pages I was going to have to illustrate when I was like, oh, let's do this kind of book. And it's like, that's a minimum of this many pages. D didn't think about it, but I only have six left. So, It'll no, it's when I was like, there were like 32 pages. I'm like, I might have to do some double page illustrations just to girl shoot who don't copy and paste just change your face up a little bit <laughs> so keep it the same one keep it moving ain't got time because what little kid's gonna be like oh my god her face <laughs> listen kid just focus on the words it's the important part exactly exactly that's what yeah yeah i got a whole philosophy on that but like you said, I mean, as far as like the investment of, of time and money, it can go either way. It can range, you know, however much you want to invest in it, but just know that it doesn't have to be an astronomical amount. Mm -hmm. And even, even with the marketing, like I plan on actually like doing it the right way or the writer way, or or a, just a different way than just like, hey, y'all, it's out. So um, we'll see how that works this time. I don't know. Yeah. There's no right way. It's just <laughs> exactly, there's no right way, there's no wrong way. You can post it on your own Instagram page. Facebook groups are amazing. Like I know that I started putting, I put out basically, because it's based on so many people's stories and I wanted to get people an update. <laughs> Sorry, one second. <laughs> sorry yeah as i was saying when i finished illustrating the cover i actually put like a thank you in all the facebook groups because a lot of people told me their stories and i didn't want them to just think i was like i don't know feeding off of people's stories <laughs> mm -hmm. so i was like let me just put that out and, and spread a thank you and that was just a great marketing in itself like I, there's so many people saying they want to get copies so many people that aren't even equestrians or people that want to get their kids into writing and they kind of want to know what is it that I'm looking at dealing with. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is very true. Mm -hmm. oh, well, thank you again, Renee, for hopping on with us. I'm glad we found a time that works in both worlds. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. I always love coming on with you guys. Like I, I adore it. Oh, you're so supportive. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Young Black Equestrians. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram pages and let us know what you thought about that episode. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and have the opportunity to be featured in our next episode. See you next week.